0: A haunted house, a bag of cash, secret extremist compounds, and the skeletal remains of a family missing more than four years. The Jameson family case starts out odd, gets bizarre, and turns downright sinister. This has got to be one of the strangest unsolved mysteries you'll ever hear. Let's get into it. Hi, I'm Chris. Welcome to True Crime Recaps. I have an unforgettable who it to tell you about today, and I'm looking forward to hearing your theories. And here's what you need to know. The Jameson family members were 44-year-old Bobby, 40-year-old Sherilyn, 6-year-old Madison, and their dog Maisie. And they were last seen in Red Oak, Latimer County, Oklahoma on October 8, 2009. On the day they disappeared, the whole family, including Maisie, drove up to Panola Mountain to check out a 40-acre plot of land they were thinking of buying. At the time, they lived about an hour away in Eufaula, but their plan was to convert a large storage container they owned into a living space up there. Now, normally, the real estate agent would have met them at the property they were considering, but for some reason, on that last day, they specifically told her they wanted to see it alone. All they wanted from her were the GPS coordinates so they could find the place, which was out in the middle of nowhere. A now, Legend has it the mountains served as a hideout for outlaws like Jesse James and Belle Starr. And these days, locals, including Sherilyn's mother, whisper about extremists, cults, and drug dealers using the mountains as a secluded base of operations. And they didn't take kindly to outsiders. Not then, and not now. It was a strange choice for the Jamesons' new home, but they were determined to get away from it all and start fresh. Sadly, they never got that chance. Eight days later, their pickup was spotted. Their dog, Maisie, was clinging to life inside. She'd been eating her own feces to survive. The family's belongings were also left behind, including their wallets, Sherilyn's purse, their phones and jackets. As strange as it sounds, it gets weirder. A bag holding more than $30,000 in cash was shoved under the seat, untouched, and an 11-page letter from Sherilyn to her husband was in her purse. And it can only be described as a hate letter, since it was filled with accusations and insults. But there was no sign of a struggle, no traces of blood, and no damage to the truck. Earlier that day, they spoke to a man who lived near the land they were eyeing. His place was less than half a mile away from the truck. He says they chatted briefly, and he saw them drive away. And no one else was seen on the road after that. It was like they'd simply parked the truck in the middle of the dirt road, closed and locked the doors behind them, and vanished into thin air. And that's where the case was stalled for four long years. Then, in November 2013, a group of hunters stumbled across the family's remains. They were found face down, side by side, three miles away from the truck. Unfortunately, they'd been out in the elements for so long, their cause of death couldn't be determined. And the mystery of what happened to them in those mountains has never been solved. So there you have it. Those are the basic facts of the case, but there are some perplexing details about the family's life you need to know about. Let's start with the months leading up to the end, and this is where it gets really weird. After they disappeared, their pastor said they'd recently been seeing dark spirits in and around their house. Their daughter, Madison, saw one of those spirits as a little girl named Emily, and she'd been talking to her. And Bobby asked their pastor if he knew of special holy bullets they could use to shoot the spirits and destroy them. He also talked about exercising the house using instructions from a satanic Bible they had. Now, The paranormal was something Sherilyn was interested in. A good friend of hers said she held seances in the house, and she spray-painted their storage container with vague, ominous messages. One read, Witches don't like their black cat killed. She thought one of their neighbors might have poisoned their cats, and that's never been proven, and no one else reported seeing anything spooky. But for what it's worth, their friends and family agree the house had a bad vibe to it. They certainly seemed to be living under a dark cloud. Less than six months before they disappeared, Bobby filed a restraining order against his 67-year-old father. He described him as a very dangerous man, involved with prostitutes, gangs, and meth who thinks he's above the law. He claimed the man tried to kill them twice, according to the Oklahoman. And two months after the family vanished, his father died. He'd been sick and frail for a long time, which makes it hard to believe he could have been directly involved. But that wasn't the only public battle Bobby was fighting. He was also suing his parents for proceeds from the sale of a gas station they owned. He claimed he worked there for free with the understanding that he'd get half of it in the future. And besides the issues with them, he filed a lawsuit for damages after a car accident a few years earlier left him in severe pain. And according to the Charlie Project, for some unknown reason, they recently pulled Madison out of kindergarten and were talking about suing the school district. Bobby and Sherilyn were both unemployed and living on disability, hoping for settlement money to come in. Now, this brings up a couple of questions. How did they get to the spot where they were found? And if they weren't working at the time, where did the $30,000 in the truck come from? Their remains were less than three miles away, but as a friend of the family told the Keep the Search Alive blog, the distance is as the crow flies. If they hiked to that spot, it would be closer to seven miles away, over rough terrain, and none of them would have had the stamina for a hike like that, and it would have been next to impossible for Bobby to do it with his injuries. So, were they taken somewhere else first, then hidden thereafter? And what about that money? Some speculate it was part of a settlement from the crash. Others say the lawsuit was still pending at the time. It's been rumored that it was drug money. But there's nothing to show the couple was using or dealing drugs at all. And if the money was key to what happened to them, why was it left behind? Interestingly, the answer might be found in the two key pieces of evidence missing from the truck. A 22 and a brown briefcase. A home security camera captured Sherilyn and Bobby packing their truck the day they left. But even that simple task looked odd. Maybe it's just because we have the benefit of hindsight knowing what would soon happen to them. Or maybe something was very off that day. Police say the two of them made at least 20 trips back and forth between the house and the truck, and sometimes they weren't even carrying anything. It doesn't look like a word was spoken between them, and some people have described it like they were in a trance. Others have wondered if someone else was there with them, just out of sight of the camera, forcing them to pack up. And one thing is for certain, the brown briefcase police spotted being loaded into the truck has never been found. The former sheriff told the Oklahoman that he believes whatever was in the briefcase might have gotten them killed. And could the murder weapon have been the missing gun? It was always kept in the glove compartment, but it's never been found. Now, some reports say there was a small hole in Bobby's skull, about the size of a bullet from a twenty two. Was this a murder-suicide? Sherilyn struggled with severe depression. The 11-page hate letter to Bobby suggested that divorce, or worse, was on the horizon. But friends and family explained that away, saying it was just her way of coping, of venting, like the way a therapist might tell you to write it all down in a letter, but not to mail it. And there's no way of knowing if Bobby ever even saw that letter. If he had found it, would that have been motive enough for him to turn on his family? There's no indication she was afraid of him, and her marriage wasn't the only thing stressing her out. Not long before this, her sister died in a freak accident after an allergic reaction to a bee sting on her tongue. And Sherilyn was having a hard time moving past that. Maybe a fresh start in a new place was exactly what she needed. Except... Her son, from a previous relationship, didn't even know the family was planning a move, and he'd last spoken to her two weeks before they drove up to the mountain. So, the question remains, would she have taken out her family to escape the reality she was struggling with? The people closest to her say no, not least because she wouldn't have left the family dog in the car. There's no question, the dog meant everything to them, and if the small hole in Bobby's skull was actually from a twenty-two. He was the only one found with that type of damage. The remains of Sherilyn and Madison offered no hints about what could have killed them. So if the threat didn't come from inside the family, who else might have had a motive? The only person interviewed by the police was a man who had been renting a room in their house. Not long before she vanished, Sherilyn forced him out at gunpoint after she found out he had ties to a dangerous extremist group. Her mother thinks that might have earned her a place on the group's hit list, and rumor has it their compound was hidden up in the mountains where they disappeared. But ultimately, the former renter was cleared. The only other clues come from the phone Bobby left behind. The last picture saved shows Madison with her arms crossed, looking away from the camera. It was allegedly taken the day before they went missing. But who snapped that photo and why? Her grandma says Madison loved taking pictures. She always had a big grin on her face. That's not the case here. Is this proof that something was wrong? Or is it just a candid photo of a kid ramping up to a tantrum? Is she talking to someone? Maybe Emily the spirit child and her parents were hoping to get a glimpse of her through the camera's lens? We may never know if that picture is significant. But his phone had another secret to share. According to Strange Outdoors... Phone records showed the voicemail was accessed on the 12th, four days after they were last seen. If that's accurate, then who checked it? And why? One thing's for sure, each clue can be interpreted in a hundred different ways. What's your theory? Thanks for spending some time with us today. If you like getting all the crime in half the time, Amy and I are here every week with new recaps. Until next time, take care.